I need to know when that person has walked into the room. Somebody just give me a little attention on deck. This person has walked into the room and they are going to try to ruin your whole day. More on this in this episode of Stationed with Stories. Station with Stories. That's it. All right, you are listening to Stationed with Stories. I am your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse, and we are going to get started. First, these are my thoughts. These are my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts, and they do not represent or reflect the positions, opinions, or views of the U.S. Armed Forces in any way. Now that that is done, hi peeps. As always, I'm excited for this episode. Let's get right into it. The book, y'all, that I'm going to share is a book that I just finished last week called Disgrace. And it is a book that came out in actually 1999. So I went back. I swag and surf into these books in different time periods. And so that is a lot of fun. Uh, just picking up a book. And it is written by J.M. Coetzee or Coetzee. He actually won a Booker Prize for this particular book. And then he went on to win the Pulitzer Prize in 2003. I would say that this book, and I listened to the book actually, I thought, one, I should just shout out the, it, this was on Audible. The reader, the narrator of the story was really good. I thought he had a great book to narrate this particular narrative with this particular protagonist, okay? Just want to say that that was really good. But second, in terms of the book, uh, wow, I have not read a book quite like this in a while. It is intelligent. I would say that the narrator himself, he's a, a professor. So there's that piece, like he has a particular language and he is a classics I think it was an English professor a classics literature professor and so he has this intelligence about him but he is tragic he is a tragic figure and futility I think that's the other word that I would use to describe the the main protagonist it is very interesting just how much of a downward spiral this book is for his life I actually was messaging my mother in love about this book because she is the one who hooked me up with the audible book that I listened to and I told her it was a downward spiral and it was amazing just how much his life spirals downward and it is a blind struggle for him just a blind struggle the whole way through and it's just sad to see the futility of his own actions and his own will that makes it a struggle for him to deal with the consequences of his own actions. And at the end of the day, it was a pathetic journey, but not in the sense of the book and the writing itself, but the, his journey. What I'm really saying is I felt for the character in the same breath. I also really disdained all of his actions. And so in that way, the author really makes you feel what he's feeling and you you get a close look at not just him but the people around him his actions it's really well written this book it's really well written I understand why it would have won the Booker Prize and you know the accolades that it would have had in his day and you know even still coming up in conversation today it is a good book it is also interesting because it takes place in post-apartheid South Africa which 
has layers. He is a white South African professor and he gets into an illicit relationship with one of his black South African students. And it's the story of how everything pretty much unravels in his life because of this choice and his old way of thinking. So I think outside of the story that is happening in his life and his life unraveling and the consequences of his actions also is layered the old way of South Africa coming up in friction and contention with the new South Africa. And so in that way, I think the author does a great job at showing you some of the struggles of South Africa in that moment. And it was great and it was subtle in some ways and it was tragic in other ways. And it's also interesting, not just about him, but his daughter, who he ends up spending a good amount of time with and learning about her life and and what's happening in her community and the choices that she has made. It's good. It's really good. Like I said, it's tragic in so many different ways. There were moments when I was reading and I said, oh my goodness, this is tragic. This is really sad. There's nothing they can do about this. There's nothing they could do about this. And then there are other moments I'm like, he needs to get it together. He really is clueless of how outdated he is and how sexist he is and how patriarchal this society has been serving him and then also patriarchal and racist, which serves him. And then how that also disservices the women in the book. It's interesting. I would recommend it for that intelligent writing, very clear, very crisp. You have a clear sense of what's happening in the heads of the characters. You feel their pain. You feel the apathy at times that it's just also very hard to wrap your head around. And then you feel the the distraught nature of some of the characters as well. It was really high up there for me in the books I've read recently, 10 out of 10 in terms of how it really gets you close right in the mind of the main character. So really into that in terms of the writing, I thought it was fantastic as well. So pick it up if you so choose. That is Disgrace by J.M. Coetzee. Came out in 99. And if you check out the Audible version, the narrator is really good. So I would recommend All right, moving on to the topic of the day, y'all. So I recently went to what's called a hell and farewell. And it's a gathering. It's a gathering. It can be in a different context, in different places. It, I'm imagining, works differently depending on what ship people are on. But the idea is that there are people always leaving and coming to a ship. And you hail the ones who are coming, so H-A-I-L, hail them. And then you say farewell for those who are leaving, right? You say farewell to them. So I went to my first one a couple of weeks ago, and my husband was being hailed because he's just joined his ship community, this new community. Went to a second one, and that was this past week. And it was funny, I was talking to one of my husband's shipmates. It's mostly people who are on the ship there, but Spouses can come as well. It was open, at least for this ship. So that was a lot of fun. So I go, right? And the 
atmosphere is really fun. It was at like this German pub in Japan, which is kind of cool and fun. And we were just talking and laughing and snacking and all of that. And someone says, attention on deck. And attention on deck, my husband told me about this phrase before. It is the announcement of when the captain has arrived. And the tradition, the expectation, the necessary action is to stand at attention, right? I understand that some ships, they don't, they don't necessarily stand at attention, erect and not moving, but they do acknowledge and everyone gets quiet and they acknowledge the captain. It's so somewhere within that range, right, of just everybody stop, stand erect and at attention or everyone kind of quiet down and acknowledge the presence of the captain. Either way, right, it's an announcement. It's a herald call that the captain is in the room. And I was talking to one of my husband's shipmates and he said, oh yeah, you have that podcast, right? (laughs) You're probably going to talk about this. And I thought to myself, you know what? I am going to talk about this because I wasn't thinking about it specifically, but he had a point. It is a very interesting thing to have someone, right? Whoever sees a captain first, yell out, attention on deck, and everyone come to a standstill or at least a pause, a quick silence to acknowledge the captain. It got me to thinking, y'all, because you know these things get me to thinking. In this meal spouse life where I am so, so new and still trying to get my bearings and understand what's going on around here, it got me to thinking, you know, I I think of it in two ways. One, respect. Captain comes in the room. Everyone respects that captain. So you have to stop. You know, she or he will get the respect from all of their subordinates. One. But on the flip side, it got me to thinking, you know, it's also helpful for those who are in the room to know that their ultimate superior, at least on the ship, right, is in the vicinity. So in case you were saying something reckless, you know that attention on deck means that you can stop that reckless talk because the captain is there. Or maybe you were complaining about something and you don't quite want the captain to know about this because you're trying to take care of it first before it gets the captain. It's good to have that attention on deck so that people will know to shut up about it because the ears of the person who has the the gavel, per se, is around. So you, you just want to shut that up real quick. So it got me to thinking, y'all, there has to be more of this. We need more. Mm-hmm. We need more of these attention on decks in the world. And this is, this is what I'm thinking. Stick with me now. Because there's some people that we need a, their presence announced. We need to know that they are in the room. We need to know they are around so we can govern ourselves accordingly. Number one, first, we need to know when children are around. I, I don't know how y'all were as kids, but I know that I liked grown folks' business. I like to know what was going on with adults. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'm having a conversation with another adult and kid A or kid B just sneaks in and I I have forgotten that they're in the house or in the, that they came in the room. I just need somebody to say attention on deck and let me know, oh, yes, little ones. Maybe we should skip this topic. This happened to me recently, actually. I was not the one speaking, but someone was in a conversation. They were talking about something and there was a preteen there. I think she was like 12, 13, so cute. She was in the room and someone said, oh, maybe we shouldn't listen to this song or talk about XYZ topic because we have 
a child basically in the room. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, we need to probably cut this out for the adults too. But, right, especially when you have kids around, there's just some things you want to shield them from, some conversations you want to shield them from. And we just need some attention because sometimes they sneak in and they're eavesdropping, right? They're they're overhearing what you're saying, but they're being real quiet so that you don't notice them. So we need some attention on deck for them. Number two, y'all, we need attention on deck whenever people who are negative come into the space. You know, people who uh, complain about everything, who going to have a problem with everything. I just need to know though when I'm dealing with those people, especially in group settings. Just let me know when that person walks in so I know what I'm dealing with, right? If I'm having a great day, a love, lovely day, lovely day. I'm just talking about a lovely day and then someone starts, you know, talking about world problems just to shut me down and shut all happiness and butterflies and rainbows down. I need to know when that person has walked into the room. Somebody just give me a little attention on deck. This person has walked into the room and they are going to try to ruin your whole day. That's That would be helpful to me. Another one, let me just test this one out. We need some attention on deck for unhelpful customer service. You know what? When you call those little 800 numbers and 888 numbers and you need some assistance, before the robot comes onto the phone to tell you, press one for this, press two for that, just let me know before I talk to a human whether they're going to be a helpful human or not. I just need to know because if I get through all of these prompts and I wait for all of these minutes just to talk to someone who does not help me in my problem, I didn't waste some time. Give me an attention on deck before we even get that far down the line. So I know I need to skip over this and do something different. Please, attention on deck. Y'all, there's so many, so many circumstances, so many types of people in life who would benefit from an attention on deck. And another thing, can you just imagine if we can get an attention on deck when you're driving, you know, you're driving down the street and you, you kind of need to get somewhere. Some of y'all need to slow down, though. I'm not going to lie to you. Some of y'all need to slow down on these roads. But if you you are a, a moderate person just driving down the road and, and you need to put, put the speed up just a little bit, wouldn't it be nice to have an attention on deck when the police is around the corner? Yes. Yes. No, I mean, we don't, we don't want a little speeding ticket. We didn't hurt nobody. Now, we're not talking about people who are out here in the school zones doing 50. No, we're just talking about the interstate highway where you just need to push it a little bit further. Attention on deck. Yes, and you just just creep up off that gas real quick. Attention on deck will help us with this. Y'all, y'all know what I'm saying? We need more attentions on deck for life. All right, and, and so this is my last one. Y'all, attention on deck. Just imagine how much greater our peace and security would be in life if we got an attention on deck when thieves were coming to snatch our stuff, mm-hmm. I thankfully have not been through this in an interpersonal sense, but I have had things taken from me, robbed from me. And it would be very helpful to know when people who like to either pickpocket or they like to snatch up and grab, but even the people who might be a little bit more aggressive with these weapons. And try to take things off of your personal body and out of your your vehicle and that kind of thing. We need attention on deck when these people come through. Can you imagine if we heard attention on deck announcing a thief? 
Yo, we be looking all around, wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Because that's the information the people need to know. We need to know what kind of people we're dealing with. When they come through the room, we need their presence to be announced. Can you imagine how much better the world would be if we had some attentions on deck for more types of people? Mm-hmm. Think about it. Think about it because you're going to come up with your list, too, of all the types of people you need attention on deck for. So, you know, agree with me. Touch and agree with me. We need more attentions on deck for more types of people. I stand by that. So give me some thoughts. You know, who else do you need an attention on deck for? Mother, father-in-law, attention on deck? I don't know. Dog, attention on deck when your dog come through? Your toddler come through attention on deck? You know, put up all the knives and all the sharp objects and anything that can spill attention on deck? That, see, listen, they on to something. The military is on to something specifically the Navy, when they came up with attention on deck. So I'm going to have to figure out all the different ways that I can use that in the future. All right. So now that I am done with that, we are going to move on to the last part of this episode. And y'all, I'm actually going to read for you a poem that I wrote some time ago. It was published in 2007 in a small body of work at my high school. So whoop, long time ago, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't start getting your fingers out and start calculating. But yeah, this is pretty cool to be able to go back through this and share a poem because I don't think I've shared any poetry yet. It would be very helpful if you check out the website because you'll see a photograph that will help put this poem into context. But the poem is called Faceless. And I was inspired to write it after looking at a portrait or painting, I think it was, of a black woman who was basically cut off at the face. And so all you can see was her neck down to about her full torso, a little bit of her arms. And that was it. And she had on a white garment of sorts, but nothing fancy. This was someone who was likely a slave enslaved person. So this is what I wrote in response. Faceless. No more? Really? So I'm no more. I heard this story before, a long time ago. Just the strength of my hands is important. Just the blood pumping through my heart is important. I guess that's why you cut off my face. Shoulder blades protruding from dark skin. And you say I'm no more exotic than the dark room I stand in, really. So, I guess that's why the room is obscure. Yes, I guess that is why you've given me a white, crinkled cotton dress. Monogram my dress with MD, and it sure doesn't mean medical doctor. Is that how you define me? Maybe my name is Mary Dean. Or maybe it's Melissa D. You'll never know. Because I'm yet another faceless black woman. Really. Well, if I stand tall. Square hands on round hips. Strong forearms cradling flower bud breasts. And cocoa brown arms posed stiffly against my confident slender body. I may not be exotic, but you better believe I'm beautiful and I'm here. 
Well, that is it for today. I hope that you all enjoyed the episode. As always, please check out the website, stationwithstories.com. Please check out Instagram and Twitter, stationed underscore story. That's where you can find all of my little quips and thoughts and postings of this particular podcast. Check out the YouTube page, y'all. I usually do a preview of the episodes. So if you just want to check out and see what's happening on the episode before you listen to the full episode, check that out on the YouTube page. There's also a lot of other fun things there. So definitely do that. Check that out. And please, please, please do review the podcast. Give it all the stars wherever you are listening. I would really appreciate your thoughts. Please do send them my way. And remember, every Monday, this season, Stationed with Stories. I am your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. Bye, peeps. <gasps>